Welcome back, everybody. What? It's season three already. Now, I have good news and I have bad news. Um, if you're new here, welcome to Cindy Sarah's Prophetic Podcast. Um, well, I'm sorry, Sydney's Prophetic Podcast. <laughs> this is Sydney's Prophetic Podcast. Um, but I, I do go by Sydney Sarah, like on social media, but, uh, welcome to Sydney's prophetic podcast. It is so awesome to have new listeners and returning listeners. Um, if you are a a returning listener, welcome back. Nice to have you. God bless you. I'm happy to, uh, have you as a listener again. And I really cherish your presence. I really do. Um, and your support. Thank you for everyone that has supported my podcast throughout these couple of years. Um, while we've been dealing with a whole pandemic, it's really been phenomenal. Um, and I, I'm very grateful. So we are going to talk about a touchy subject today called, Why Is It an Abomination? Now, nine times out of ten, you know what it is that I'm talking about homosexuality so before you know if you're a part of the LGBTQ community and uh plan to be a part of the you know gay pride festivals and the parades and celebrate at a gay par at a gay bar gay bar what at a gay bar um you might want to listen to this first before you do so okay and if you decide to go anyway no judgment definitely no condemnation um but this is what like god put this uh as an idea for the first two there's going to be a part one and part two to explain this because it is sort of a lot to unpack but i'm trying to condense it because at the same time because i only have an hour to record per episode so yeah um so the good news and the bad news is what i was going to talk about is that i will be uploading every friday now just fridays at uh 8 p.m eastern standard time um that's the way god wanted it to be and you know a lot is happening in my life so i won't be doing mondays wednesdays and fridays anymore it's just fridays um so it's good because you get you get a chance to marinate on the episode and really like taking in the message that god said through me um, you know, and I have one more season after this. Okay. So the good news is that, yeah, you get to marinate per episode and, and what, what I was talking about and what God had me to speak upon and take notes and marinate on those notes. But I mean, the, the bad news at the same time is, you know, if you did like me uploading three times a week, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm only one person I can only do so much and yeah we have one more season left okay so season four will be my last season so this is my second to last season okay season four will be the very last season and yeah there will be a lot more this season though in particular there will be a lot more teaching a lot more heavier teaching um, because God has like the, besides homosexuality, there's a lot other of other topics that are pretty heavy that God wants to speak on. Okay. But for this one, um, the initial episodes of part 
I mean, not part three of season three, God really was wanting me to talk about this because whether you're part of the LGBTQ community or not, you at some point or another have thought, you know, why did God say that it's, this is an abomination? Well, I will answer those questions in two parts. Right now, um, we're going to talk about the roots of homosexuality, like where it could possibly come from um, inside of somebody's soul. And then we're going to talk about, I really hate this like phrase or this joke, this religious joke that, oh, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Like explain why God made Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to talk about that now. Then I'm going to close with acceptance versus agreement. All right. They're not the same thing. Okay. But I will start off with this. Um, Let me know. Let me start with a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, speak through me, O Lord. And um, this is your message. These these are your notes that you have me to take down. Speak through me, Lord, whatever you want to uh, convey to the listener, Lord God, whether they're a part of the LGBTQ community or they're an ally to the LGBTQ community or they have families and friends that are in the LGBTQ community, Lord God, may they listen with open hearts and open ears. Um, I bind the spirit of rejection and I pray that their ears be unclogged from any spirits of rejection, offense, insults in the name of Jesus. Uh, because this is this will all be spoke speaking in uh this will all be spoken in love. The Bible says to speak the truth in love in Ephesians four. So this will all be spoken in love and seasoned with grace. Hallelujah. And uh let this if you want to convict anybody, Lord God, let this convict where a person needs to be convicted, Lord God. Uh but let them also be reminded of your love and let the clarity of your word go forth in Jesus name. Amen. So the thing is, let me start with this. Homosexuality is not the ultimate, quote unquote, the ultimate sin. I don't know where this religious lie came from. I heard it too growing up. And it's like, you know, when you read the Bible for yourself, it's like, I mean, sin is sin. <laughs> Sin is sin. God, if, if it's sin and it separates you from God, repent. And repent means to turn around, turn back to, turn from your flesh to holiness or to the will of God and doing things God's way, going, going back to doing things God's way. It's not like, I don't understand why it's so... And it, this is why you need to study scripture. You can't look at scripture face value. The Bible is the only book that I know that... You really cannot take at face value. You really got to dig deep into like the language that it was written in first. That's the, one of the main reasons why we got, you know, scripture that's out of context, set out of context in church. Now they're eisegesis the scripture and or I'm sorry, eisegesis. I put a little slang to it. Eisegesis is when you take something out of context, out of historical context, background context, like it's not good to do that. Okay. Cause you get a lot of misinformation and you just, you rely on your own assumptions, but you're not, you're not actually getting real information, you know? So they're eisegesis the scriptures <laughs> behind the pulpit. And frankly, if I be, if I would be really real, there's a lot of ministers and pastors that are, you know, low key 
gay, and pedophiles. And that bit needed to expose. Needed, yeah, needed to be exposed. But it's not the ultimate sin. If it's sin, period, God wants you to repent. Okay? And secondly, when the Bible says, like in Leviticus, um, this is the main scripture that people kind of get tripped up on. Uh, man shall not lie with mankind as if with womankind is an abomination. So it's not the person, right? Cause I, I, I really, my heart breaks for LGBTQ people that really feel like God hates them or God sees them as disgusting or no, you as the person are not an abomination. That is not what the Bible said. The Bible says you doing the action of having sex with the same sex sleeping with the same sex or desiring to sleep with the same sex that's what he doesn't like okay the sinful actions and desires that's in our hearts is what god wants to wants to check right that's it like it would be the same thing if i was lusting after a married man god does not like that lustful desire on the inside of me he would want me to repent and leave that man alone (laughs) period because he's married right so that that is what it's taught is not saying that you as a person are an abomination and i I really can relate to that in a way not to not with you feeling like an abomination but like feeling like you know i'm so disgusting to god in my sin and i'm so ugly to god with the things i've done in my past and etc etc i don't think god whatever i don't think god wants to touch me i have felt that way through the spirit of perfectionism and religion I have really, I really felt like that. Um, so in a way, in a way I can understand that, but that's not, that's not God's heart at all. Right. The enemy wants to deceive you and distance you from God with you feeling like that with and you thinking that's how he sees you, but no, he actually sees you when you become a child of God. The Bible says we're Kings and priests, right? We are heirs. We're co-heirs with Christ. We have an inheritance. We see, we're a royalty, right? We are a peculiar people. He sees you as royalty, as his royal prince or princess, right? His royal child of God. He does not see you as some kind of piece of dirt. All right, we're made out of the dirt, you know, Genesis 2. We're made out of the dirt of the earth, but, um, and that's scientifically proven too. But he does not see us as like this disgusting booger that he's trying to flick off, <laughs> Okay. God sees us as a beautiful son or daughter of God. And we're royalty to him because, you know, he's the king. He's the king of kings. So, and he has a kingdom, right? And we are prince and princesses. We're kings and queens. We're kings and priests, rather. But, um, yeah, we're kings and queens in that kingdom, right? We're sons and daughters. So that's not how God sees you at all. And I wanted to clarify that from the get-go because, it just breaks my heart how religious people have dogged out uh, the LGBTQ community and called them faggots and saying that, you know, God hates God hates gays and that y'all going to hell. It's, just, it's so it's so disgusting and it's so religious. It's so ugh. it makes me want to vomit. OK, that's why that Adam and Steve joke that also makes me want to vomit. OK, but I'm going to at least explain to you why God wants marriage to be to be between a man and a woman and not a man and a man or a woman and a woman okay 
Um, again, this will all will be in love. All I I accept you, right? I'm gonna get into that later. But I, as as a sister in Christ to you, and as a daughter of God, I accept you, no matter what your sexuality is, no matter if you're transgender or whatnot. I accept you. Okay, please understand that. Not only do I love you, but I do accept you as well. Okay, so, um, we're gonna get into a couple of things we're going to get into the roots of homosexuality now i read this very power packed uh very transformative book called the point from point guard to profit by prophetess sophia ruffin and god had me read that book within a week or a week and a half really but um it was a very good read oh my god i felt the glory of god with with all the prayers that she uh, wrote in the book too She's a very, very strong, powerful woman of God. Uh, But she dealt with homosexuality, the spirit of homosexuality, when she was little, right? And especially because she wanted to be in the WNBA and she wanted to be like, you know, this big time basketball player. But it's like she was also dealing with this bondage of being a lesbian or being a stud. And if you don't know what a stud is, it's like when when you have a girl that wants to be a man so much so they like they they dress like a man they act like a man they wear like they literally wear briefs or boxers like a man like they typically wear basketball shorts or just baggy clothing right like men's accessories you know a lot of things like that like lesbians also like they they bind their chest so that their breasts don't get bigger so that you know they can really look and appear like a man so um so yeah so she became like a stud you know, for a good minute. And then God, you know, bombarded her life and just disrupted all of that and broke shackles off of her. And it's a really good book. Okay. It's on Amazon. I read it on Amazon Kindle. Please. If you are struggling with homosexuality, that is definitely the book I would recommend to you. Okay. Because it really gets deep down into way deeper than this episode is going to be honestly. But uh, um, I'm, I'm going to get straight to the point with some of the things that she said in the book. So just to give you a taste of how revelatory it is. Okay, so the first route that I want to talk about is rejection. Okay, rejection slash abandonment. I want to read a part of uh, her story on page, what page is this? 25. Um, this is the Kindle version. So I don't know, it possibly could be different in print, but... This is on Kindle, Amazon Kindle, okay? Um, she said that she, uh, her mother wanted to abort her because she already had her baby girl. She already had her baby boy. So she was like, I'm straight. I already got my boy. I already got my girl. I don't need another child, right? And side note, what's very impactful, I think this is also scientifically proven too, like when the mother feels some type of way, with that baby being there, like they don't want to get pregnant or they don't want, or they don't want that gender. They don't want a baby girl. They don't want a baby boy. They like the baby really feels that. Okay. And the baby can like your feelings, your emotions, like your thoughts about that baby. They can feel that in the womb there. I mean, they're literally inside of you, but it's also like on a spiritual level and on a scientific level as well. Like that stuff manifests, right? You can have the spirit of rejection in the womb. 
Okay, that's that's honestly what's going on with, you know, a, a, a woman who wants abortion, who wants an abortion and doesn't want the baby. She's rejecting that baby and the baby is going to feel unwanted and unaccepted as soon as they come out of the womb. You know, so there was that. And then she also talks about how her father was in and out of her life. I'm going to read this quote about her father. My father was in my life. And we had a very close relationship. However, he struggled with personal addictions that resulted in him being in and out of the home. When my father was present, it meant the world to me. And when he was absent, it cut me to the core. Not having my father around on a consistent basis left me unprotected, uncovered, and rejected. The rejection of witnessing my father enter in and out of my life was traumatic. Okay, so there was, you know, she felt rejection from her mother. And, and the mother wanted to abort her. And then her father had personal addictions that he was battling with. And therefore, one minute he was there and being a good father, next minute he wasn't. And that um, in, that uh, unstable or instability, that that is really, that can really impact your children. Because you, your children want to be with you. Okay? And for you to one minute be in the home and being a parent and next minute you're not it's like the relationship that you have with them is on rocky ground all the time right so this is obviously like her feeling rejected by her dad and then also with her mom being a single mother so whenever like you know he was out of the home and the mom was left to provide for everything you know the mom didn't have time to really be with Sophia because she was you know, being a mother, providing for the household, making sure food was on the table, make sure the roof was over their head, clothes on their back, you know? So it was, it was like she had on every corner, it was like the enemy was just saying to her, like, you're rejected. You're not accepted by anybody. You're not, you know, you're not welcomed by anybody. You know, your mom didn't even want you here. You know, how horrible is that? But the enemy really is that ruthless. The enemy is really now... Sophia and her mother's relationship grew more beautifully and, you know, they got more close over time. But, you know, the enemy, when uh, they, the enemy does not play fair, he plays ugly. Okay, he starts at the womb. He starts at the womb and, 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 and scripture to prove that is every instance of like when the Messiah was being prophesied, his arrival was being prophesied. There would be a, a king or a pharaoh. This was in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. There was a pharaoh, I believe, in the Old Testament. And then a King Herod in the New Testament. Right? That there was always a ruler that was trying to kill baby boys under the age of two. So that way this Messiah, this 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 Lord that's supposed to be, you know, coming up and has been prophesied and predicted. Uh-uh, I'm not having it. So we gonna kill these babies right here. In the, listen, the Bible is ruthless, okay? <laughs> if you really read it, it gets pretty gory at times, okay? But that's what really happened to prevent the birth of Jesus. Okay, so the enemy does not play fair. He plays ugly. Yes, you're just a, a baby. Yes, you're just a fetus in a womb. But it doesn't matter. You're created by God. And what God has for you in, in, in his will for your life will directly come against the kingdom of the enemy. 
period. And so the devil's going to do any, any and everything to stop that. So obviously she feels abandoned by, this is more so abandonment by the father and rejection by the mother. Um, let me go to the next page. Um, page 26. Um, also I'm going to get into another uh, root of homosexuality, but I'm going to do that after I read this section. So on page 26 in the same book, um, I lacked the proper love and affection needed from my mother on a consistent basis because she was busy working, worrying, and doing everything possible to balance her personal issues, as well as trying to meet the needs of her children. So because I lacked the love and affection that I needed, I longed for it in another woman. I began to have crushes in, on older women, teachers, parents, and coaches, or any woman who affirmed me with her words and gave me their undivided attention. You know, so it's, it's important to have a stable household does require a man and a woman to be there at the same time in that same household. Okay, because... And whether it's a, you're a biological mother, father, or a mother figure and a father figure, a child, whether they're a son or a daughter, is go, I will go deeper into that, but they're going to need, you know, both of those parents. It does create a stable household, all right? It's not the will of God for anybody to be a single parent. It really isn't because there's a hole there. there there's a gap there that needs to be filled in the family unit and in that child, whether it's a mother wound or a daddy wound, mommy issues, daddy issues, it's, it's going to manifest in one way or another, right? So rejection, abandonment from either the mother or mother figure, father or father figure, that's a root of homosexuality or one, one of the roots. Um, of homosexuality and how that how the homosexual spirit can manifest another route the second one I, I wrote down was sexual abuse sexual trauma okay so Sophia was molested by a man and she from that point on you know was just saying like you know I I can't trust men um let me read on page 26 um Oh, that was 25 I read. Oh. Okay. I'm getting a little confused with my pages here. Oh, I, this was supposed to be page 27. That's what it was. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was a that was an error on the book. Sorry. Um But they they put page 26 to on this too. It was supposed to be page 27. But Anyway, in the book, it also says, <laughs> because I was already exposed to same-sex attraction, it was the enemy's agenda to create a justified reason for me to hate all men. So the enemy used sexual abuse, absentee of a father, as my justification for living a homosexual lifestyle. Okay, so, and, okay, I'm full led to... Oh, okay, I feel led to read this part too. After experiencing sexual abuse, I learned to create my own measures of safety. The gates of protection around my life were not protected, so I created my own walls of safety. This agenda p- 
pushed me closer into the arms of a woman. The enemy doesn't play fair. He has a strategic plan in full detail on how to derail, disrupt, and abort your destiny. So, when you have been raped or being molested... Now, by the grace of God, I've never experienced this from a family friend or a family member. But God really had me look deeper into, like, you know, the point of view of someone who is a sexual abuse victim. is demonic discipleship. So when someone molests you and, you know, or abuses your trust, what it does is disciple you into feeling like you like what Sophia said, you have to protect yourself because now you're no longer safe. And in her instance, she no longer felt safe with a man. So and then with her father being in and out of her life, abandoning her one minute, he was there. Next minute, he wasn't. It was like, well, bump this, you know, let me just find my excuse me, love, my love, my affirmation, my affection that I need from a woman, right? And what's interesting is that she was the same uh, sex that she was initially being rejected by her mom. She was trying to look for acceptance for, you know, in a woman later on in her life growing up. So um, when you've been sexually, when you've been molested, it's it's really, uh, it's, it's demonic discipleship of you feeling unsafe, and, and and it also like it's your fault. Like it's your fault for that person putting their hands in, inside of your pants. Like it's your fault that they they like they felt pushed or they felt convinced that it was okay. And and in a lot of cases, unfortunately, they they are threatened. And there's a lot of manipulation going on too to shut the victim up. Like if you say something, you know your your mother would never believe you. And you have a lot of families, unfortunately, that will protect the predator over the victim. And especially, um, this breaks my heart just, just talking about this because this is reality. Um, When a child tells their mother, tells their father, hey, this person touched me, they're automatically thinking, oh, you telling a story. Meaning like you telling a, a, a lie. You're lying to me. And I just, for the life of me, I just don't see how... People can come to that conclusion uh, with something that traumatic, but unfortunately, it happens all the time. Um, when and in in gruesome cases, when like literal baby, I've heard of babies being raped and children being raped at like five, six years old. You know, you like you feel like your body is no longer like you don't have a right to protect your own body anymore. It, you just someone just just putting their hands on you, just taking advantage of you and overriding your rights to your own body. You know, and that's why you hear a lot of of victims saying, like, my innocence was taken from me. It was because it's a forceful rape is a violently forceful act. To like, just take a child's body and just do whatever you want to it. Like it's it's disgusting it's horrible it's oh it's a lot of it's a lot of evil things it's just flat out demonic um but when you've been through that that can really so with homosexuality there's also this okay there's three spirits you got the spirit of perversion where you uh perversion and anything can be per, uh, perverted and not just in sexuality but when you twist something or you make something backwards, or you take something good and turn it bad. 
right oh and thank you holy spirit when a lot of in in uh in the lgbtq culture you get the phrase turned out okay but don't think that just came out of nowhere that came from a place when that stuff happens to someone they hold the uh spirit of homosexuality can definitely make its entrance through a let the family friend be a male and molesting a baby boy they were probably that first of all that was just, that was a clear spirit of perversion right that that was a pedophile and that perverted their sexuality and turned them out to making them get it happens right so now they're they grow up being attracted to other men or when a woman a woman can rape and molest people too so when a woman same thing when a woman does it to a baby girl next thing you know they you know they might be or at least be bisexual but they get turned out and find their interests their sexual interests in women okay so the spirit of perversion occurs especially through molestation and rape unfortunately it's it's horrible um you also have uh the spirit of confusion and the spirit of deception that's another thing i'm going to go into okay um also uh, i wanted to acknowledge this too uh there was this guy I, I was listening to on youtube his testimony this older gentleman named walt Heyer. um he was also molested by his uncle so he you know when he experienced rejection from his grandmother trying to make him a girl with dressing him up like a girl and then experiencing sexual abuse with molestation on top of being raised with by by strict parents and you know they really you know whooped him and really abused him you know like when discipline goes too far it turns into abuse okay it's no longer discipline it was completely unreasonable at this point of why you beating the child you know, just, and, and he got beaten, I believe, for wearing a specific dress, okay, so he got beaten profusely by his father, and you experiencing that, and then from a man, and then the sexual abuse uh, from a, a male figure, his uncle, and then being rejected by your grandmother, saying, oh, you, you know, It'd be nice if you, because his, his grandmother was like, you know, it would have been nice if you was a girl, like you should have been a girl. And so he, it was, it's like when those two rejection and sexual abuse, when they work together, it is a lethal dynamic on a person's soul. It really is like, you should not be this way. And you would, the way you, like you being a man or you being a woman naturally is wrong and something needs to change something needs to be done about that right and walt the uh i think his name was walt or walter but um he wanted to be a woman so much so that like he was transgender so but then he uh yeah walt hired but he finally uh got counseling and therapy and you know wanted to revert back to his original sex was being male right being a man so there's uh another root which is really the spirit of perversion but another root to homosexuality is uh sexual uh abuse and trauma 
right? With molestation and rape. And then another, the last route I'm going to talk about is the uh, spirit of deception, right? Being deceived and generational cycles of sin, okay? So when you're deceived, like when you, when a lot of transgenders, and I've, I've been hearing like a lot of testimonies and a lot of uh, people explaining like their life as growing up and how they feel about themselves and dealing with gender dysphoria, right? Which is a spirit of confusion. Um, what it is, is like they, when it, when they're transgender, a transgender person will say, let's say if we're talking about a man that wants to be a woman, they'll say like, I feel like a girl or I feel like I was supposed to be a girl. Same thing with, uh, women who want to be men. I feel like I was supposed to be a man. And the thing is feelings like your feelings are justified, but they should not be the ultimate source of truth. Okay. Because they can be very flighty. Feelings are very flimsy. And one minute you could feel like this for one thing, but then you find out that, oh, that wasn't what really happened or that's not the truth. And then you're going to feel something different. Right. So I wanted to, God wanted me to bring up feelings in two instances. Okay. Um, there's one like feeling, uh, how do I say this in one way, your feelings are right. When like, let's say you feel pain after someone punches you in the face, right? That's legit because it was a direct (laughs) impact from a direct action, right? That's, that was factual that someone hit you or what the Bible calls the gift of discerning of spirits, uh, or AKA discernment is when God will allow you to feel something or have you to feel some type of way or feel like, feel something is off with a person. Like, let's say you're around somebody that is not, you should be very cautious to be around. They may be sneaky. They may be, uh, backhanded. They may be, you know, uh, cunning, They may be crafty, you know, deceiving. God will have you feel like feelings of cautiousness. Like, oh, I don't know if I should be around this person. I don't know if I should be, uh, you know, connected to this person. Oh, I gotta, I gotta really hurry up with this. Um, I don't know if I should be, uh, yeah, connected to, I don't know if I should have a, a, a relationship, a connection with this person. And then there's also like those feelings of on the opposite side, like, okay, I feel like this, I can be safe with this person. I can trust this person. This person seems like a reliable person. So that's what the Bible would call the gift of discerning of spirits. So those are, those feelings are legit because they're based in truth or they come from a holy place, God, right? That's the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of discerning of spirits. Um, but then the Bible also says the heart is deceitfully wicked who can understand it, right? Jeremiah 17 and nine. So when your feelings come from your heart or from your flesh, right? Or, you know, come from a carnal place, you have to be very cautious about that because I'm not saying to deny it, but you do got to see, look at the source of where it's coming from. Why do you all of a sudden, you know, and I know there's intersexual people out there and I will get to that further in the season. Um, talking about you know intersexual people and what God has to say about that, but um, 
with with how we feel like from a carnal place you have to really watch like where the source of that is coming from because if you're born with a penis and testicles and a prostate you got an adam's apple okay you have a you're growing a whole beard and mustache you're a man if you're a woman and you know you have a uterus vagina you get your menstrual cycle every month you have breasts okay you have a high-pitched voice you have feminine features you're a woman right so where does this all of a sudden come from of you believing that you are the opposite gender of who god made you to be okay and um apostle Matthew stevenson says all the time that your gender is a calling your gender is a calling there is a reason why you were born male there's a reason why you were born female okay imagine you being like the well, first of all let me let's go through this and out in history right kamala harris currently right now is has been the first female vice president of color right she is the first female vice president in history let alone a woman of color uh may jameson was the first black woman in space um barack obama the first black man black man to be president uh the first man on the moon right so you were born to break cycles you were born to break barriers right and whether it be in society in the public like that or in your family imagine you being the first black man in your family to graduate college and not be in and out of the penitentiary that is powerful Imagine you being the first black woman in your family to not be divorced. And I'm saying all of these things from a black perspective because I'm black. <laughs> you know, I can I can only speak for so many people for so long. You know, I'm black. But ima- like imagine you having, you know, actual a long lasting marriage and you walking out being like what a godly wife is supposed to be. And you having the first long lasting marriage since like your great your grandparents and your great grandparents and them, you know what I'm saying? Like your brothers and sisters, they may, hypothetically speaking, your brothers and sisters don't have a uh, long lasting marriages. They they've been divorced, broke up, what have you? Baby mama, baby daddy, stepdaddy, whatever. But you and your man are still going right after all of these years. So that type of stuff. That's why you're born with the gender that you're born with on per for a lot of reasons right god did that on purpose it is not for you to just all of a sudden just think like oh something's wrong here and i like it like i'm supposed to just be a different sex no no and then um another thing is that generational cycles and generational curses do happen so with uh the spirit of homosexuality uh let me give an example like with cancer and diseases right that's not a that's not happening out of nowhere if you are in your medical history of this person had cancer your auntie had cancer your uncle had cancer your mama had cancer blah 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 my personal in my family personally uh is a cycle of diabetes and god has called me to be vegan to break that cycle of diabetes Okay, so how that occurs in the medical field or medically speaking, 
that can also happen in the spiritual realm how you know you have the spirit of homosexuality but probably so does your dad or your mom or your aunt or uncle grandfather grandparents great uncle cousin second cousin twice removed it could it really could be in the bloodline because the devil it does not play fair he plays ugly he wants to abort your destiny before you even come out of your mother's womb right so like (laughs) right and how god says he he knows us before we are in our mother's womb because he created us for his purpose right men and women are made in god's image to be his representatives all right so i gotta fast forward with this because uh i got a lot more to say but that's one. so that's one of the roots that homosexuality can come through so let's review rejection and abandonment um is one root another root is sexual abuse slash trauma with being raped or molested and then thirdly a uh, spirit of deception and uh confusion and generational cycles of sin right generational curses um and a lot of people are born to be cycle breakers i know especially in my generation uh because the, the enemy is ruthless and jesus coming back and prophecy being fulfilled etc cetera, etc cetera. so <laughs> the enemy knows his time is very short okay so these attacks are not surprising um now the real lord jesus i hate saying this phrase so much I, y'all really don't know how much i hate that adam and steve joke but the reason why i'll say this god made man and a woman for marriage and why he recognizes a man and a woman to be married it's uh and not a and not a woman a woman and a man and a man okay so i'm gonna read you this revelation i have two revelations for you and another quote a last quote i'm going to read from uh sophia's book because she also touched on this as well um so this is what god said uh for me to write down because and this is god speaking okay because both men and woman were created by god in his image both are my representatives the man is the seed sower or has seed and the woman multiplies the seed. This is not in just the sexual sense, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally. If you sow discord or abuse as a man, you will multiply division and a, tumult- in a tumultuous household through that woman, your wife. If you as a woman are being manipulative and abusive to your husband... You are perverting his purpose as a leader of that household and are making him a slave, not even a follower to your manipulative ways. And as a protector, at some point or another, the man would be manipulated to protect the his own to protect his own abuser until he is reduced down to nothing as a man and is completely emasculated. Now, the enemy can perfect his plan overall for the destruction of the family unit by targeting and attacking and attacking the children. If you have any and now plan and now the plan will in the plan and the will of God. I'm sorry. If you have any and the plan and the will of God for the household is completely obliterated. I'm going to read that one more time. Uh, Now, the enemy can perfect his plan overall for the 
destruction of the family unit by targeting and attacking the children if you have any and now the plan and the will of god for the household is completely obliterated because you destroy the head of a thing the rest is supposed to crumble the reason why a man and a man and a woman and a woman is not a real marriage covenant to god is this question in and of itself exhibit a who's the man and who's the woman now i know y'all have thought that <laughs> when y'all see a man and a man and a, especially a woman and a woman get married who's 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 more so the man and who's more so the woman right because you could have two like girly lesbians marry each other right so who like <laughs> that's really a question that people be asking right the fact that people um ask that shows the foundation of the marriage is already breached because of confusion exhibit b Having two people of the same sex, especially two women, you both, uh, you both will eventually think, feel, and be the same as women because you both are women. Both people are going through menstrual cycles, <laughs> uh, and you both can get pregnant, and both are instinctively nurturers. A man and a woman balance each other out by one being the leader slash being a point of order being in a position of order and one being the nurturer and help meet it's a team effort to work together the woman submits to a man a man's godly leadership while the man submits to his wife's help and wisdom which why godly men cannot date airheads <laughs> amen men and women were both made to help each other in their godly purposes that are purposely in a way of uh that are purposely in a way opposite of each other in terms of gender to balance each other out submit and help each other to transform and to become more and more of who god made them to be um oh okay opposite of each other yeah in terms of gender um as a woman try as you might your purpose needs a godly man's help in some way shape or form and you just can't get that from another woman only in the context of best friend mentor or mother figure but at some point your god-given purpose will anoint a man's help and point of view to further cultivate your purpose same with men and men exhibit c who who is all and same with the men um exhibit c who is submitting i'm sorry let me read that one more time only in the context of best friend mentor mother figure uh can a woman help another woman in her purpose but at some point your god-given purpose will anoint a man's help and point of view to further cultivate your purpose same with the men exhibit c who's submitting to whom who's really the man in the relationship and who's leading the household your god-given nature will both come to a head oh if when there's a man and a man in the household your both god-given nature will come to a head and will both uh and we'll fight for both will fight for dominance at some point through the spirit of perversion you're going to want one of y'all to be a woman for the same or for the sake of getting pregnant and having babies which is one of the strongest reasons why today's sex reassignment surgery is so demanded so that transgendered women uh, someone who was born a man transformed into a woman are trying to 
use scientific technology to get them pregnant like women, which is dangerous because your body was not designed to carry a growing fetus for nine months normally with only having a penis and testicles. The baby can only come out C-section because there is no opening otherwise for the baby to come through. And God says, I am God and I will judge that. Um, secondly, you need a woman's touch on your purpose as a man for the very same reason uh, stated with women. Women need directions from men and men need, or I'm sorry, women need direction from men and men need wisdom from women. I built man and woman to need each other besides ultimately needing me. So he built, God built man and woman to need each other in the marriage. And then ultimately like, you know, you both are depending on God. Um, I want unity in my body, meaning the body of Christ, but it needs to be done in the right way. And then this is particularly like why I don't necessarily, uh, agree with same sex marriage because you're going to like the child needs both the man and the woman in the household. Okay. And I want to read from, I'm gonna read this last quote from Sophia's book and, um, I'm sorry. I got one more revelation to read. And then I'll read from Sophia's book. Give me one second. Okay, the head and the help me. Now, this was a very awesome revelation I got here. Um, purpose matters both in both sides because as a help me, how do you how how do you know how to help someone? let alone a husband, if you don't allow the helper, the Holy Spirit, to help you in your purpose. Because a God, becoming a godly woman and... Oh, because you need to become a godly woman, right? And to then eventually... Uh, oh, to eventually train you to become a, a godly wife. So God was saying you need the Holy Spirit to help you to become a godly woman in and of yourself and then train you to become a woman of uh, a godly wife to a godly husband. How can you be a helpmeet if you're not getting help yourself from God alone? And then with your husband being the head, if he doesn't know his purpose, how will you know what you're helping? As a man of God, you must know your purpose before you lead any wife or any children. You must know uh, because you must know who God made you to be in order to be a functional head of the household. If the head of a thing is not planted forward and turning every which away, the both uh, or oh, the body will always be wavering, drifting and never stable. Um, and then you must. Oh, and then you must have a suitable help meet for you because they need to be an adequate help to meet your purpose but the two individuals must be whole within themselves first because every individual whether they know it or not is created exactly for oh i'm sorry is every individual whether they know it or not is created and born for and made for a purpose if you don't know your purpose, you will fall into idolatry of your spouse, your marriage, etc. And only define yourself as a spouse to that person instead of walking in your function of who you were made to be. This instantly falls into 
Oh, you will, then you will instantly fall into depression, unnecessary heartbreak, and emotional trauma if the uh if that marriage was to ever fall apart because it was your foundation of who you are. But it's the wrong foundation because uh just being a wife, mother, husband, or just being a wife slash mother or husband slash father is not all that you were made to be. You can't be an answer or a period help in parentheses to anyone if you yourself are a walking question mark so there was that let's see how much time i got left um there was a lot to unpack here um okay i'm gonna read this last quote in um sophia's book about how it affects children a man and woman being in the household and i'm going to close with acceptance versus agreement um the heart of god uh the family is the heart of god so we need to stabilize adam and eve children were born where children need both male and female a mother and a father in their lives from the moment of conception a daughter needs her father to shamar her or in other words to protect her um cover her to affirm confirm lo- uh, validate love and secure her in her in his love a daughter needs her mother to nurture, love, and praise her and model womanhood. A man needs his father to affirm, confirm, validate, endorse, assure, and protect him. He needs his father to teach him how to provide, love, protect, and being a strong man. A son needs his mother to love, nurture, support, and comfort him. When these elements and dimensions are missing, your child will seek what they need to at an early age and will begin to find idols to fill the void. If you want to fix the Adam and Steve situation, you must fix and stabilize Adam and Eve. God didn't leave Adam to be a single father over the earth. Neither did he for Eve to be a single mother over the earth. And it's true. And also, when uh, when the son and the daughter, when they grow up to start looking for wives and husbands for themselves, they need to see like what kind of spouse they deserve in their parents. Because... A man is going to look to his mother and see like how does he, how does, how does uh, you treat a woman? What kind of uh, mother is he to you know to him and how uh, with the morals and values you know especially with mama's boys you know they're gentlemen they treat their mother with respect and much love they'll do anything for their mother right so they'll treat their wife most likely the same way like you know they'll they'll protect you know provide for her be a gentleman towards her you know treat her with love and kindness right and with the daughter especially with the daughter the daughter's going to find what she does and does not deserve in her father right and that's going to manifest in the man that she later marries because if the father is absent and or the father rejects her then she's just going to feel like, okay, rejection is what I deserve. Abuse is what I deserve because I did not see my father model manhood, you know, for, for me and show me how I needed to be treated like a princess and be treated with love and, and gentleness and kindness, you know? And so they'll just fall for any old person. But if they have a man in their life, right? If they have their, if a girl has her father in her life, she will most likely know her self-worth. She'll be confident. She won't be desperate. She won't be, you know, just seeking for a man's attention all the time. You know, she'll, she'll know who she is. Um, I'm gonna close with this because it was a lot of information. Agreement versus acceptance. So it's biblical for me to accept you. I'm supposed to. Romans 15 verse 7 says, receive others or accept others 
just as Christ has received you. Acceptance says, I receive you for all of who you are. But agreement says, I support you on this issue or I stand on, I stand by your side on this issue. So I can accept you and not agree with you. It's the same. I bring up this example all the time. It's like when I accept my friend and I accept that, you know, she, she's my best friend and then she's there for me and I, I'll be there for her. I'll do anything for her. But the moment she marries, she wants to decide to marry a man that's abusive to her and, you know, hits her and she ends up with a black eye every time I see her. I'm going to disagree with her marrying that man. I love, I accept you as my friend, but also because I accept you as my friend, I disagree with you marrying an abusive man that's already beating on you, being in just a you know, boyfriend girlfriend relationship. Okay, so then it comes to the Christian response of how we're supposed to uh, view LGBTQ people. Like we love you because the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't matter if gay, straight, bi, transgender, whatever, and accept others just as Christ has accepted you so I as a woman of God accept you and love you but I disagree if you want to marry the same sex that's not how God created you if you feel like you know you're a man when you're really a woman or you're a woman when you're really a a man that's not how God created you either your gender is your gender on purpose okay God made you God does not make any mistakes And it'd be very prideful as a created being to tell the creator, hey, you made me wrong. I'm going to leave y'all with uh, Isaiah 45, verse 9 through 10. I know this is a lot to unpack. That's why you got a week to marinate. (laughs) Um, Isaiah 45, verse... Oh, why didn't it go to it? Okay, woe to, unto him that striveth with his maker. Let the let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioned it, What makest thou? Or thy work he hath no hands. Woe unto him that saith unto his father, What begettest thou? Or to the woman, What hast brought thou forth? Basically saying, Why did you make me like this? Why was I created this way? Or saying to the, you as a pot, saying to the pot maker, you made me wrong. What's wrong with you? (laughs) You know how prideful that is? Like, I made you. I know what you need. Anyway, let me wrap up here. So, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, repeat this after me. Father God, I repent. I believe in the son you sent. He died on the cross just for me. To heaven I'll go. To heaven I'll be. And with that, you are saved. Um, read your word. Find you a Bible that you can understand. Uh, there's a version Bible app. Ask God for what church you're supposed to go to because it doesn't matter what church you go to. Um, and be blessed in the Lord and have an, a real thriving, joyful, authentic relationship with God. And I upload every Friday now at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Follow me on Facebook at Sydney's Prophetic Podcast. And I will talk to you later. I had to talk this fast because I'm running out of time. All right. So I will see y'all next Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye. May the joy of the Lord be your strength.